Strive Coaching Studio, guiding business leaders to meet the highest version of themselves. And now, here's Michelle, certified coach and founder of Strive Coaching Studio. Hello, everybody. How are you today? I am so excited to be back and talking about this fabulous topic. It is by far one of my favorites, and I cannot wait to share everything I have with you. You may be listening to this and thinking, this is not a topic that's all that important. There are many personalities who separate business from what they deem as personal. You may have a preconceived notion of the kinds of things I'm going to talk about today, and you aren't convinced that this is anything that will impact your organization, your team, or make any line item worthy hit to your bottom line. If you are one of those people, please know that I am writing this with you in mind. So please continue to listen. I think you'll be surprised with what you will gain. If you are not one of those people and you instead believe in this already and want to know more, then you will only be more convinced after listening to what I have to share. Creating culture is one of my absolute all-time favorite topics to talk about and share with others. So I want to share with you that if this is a topic that you want to know and learn more about, this is the very best time to check out our website, strivecoachingstudio.com to check out what we have coming in February. We have put together an amazing curriculum for our members to really take their leadership and culture cultivation to the next level. I would love to see you there and join us there. The month is filled with amazing information, resources, and we will overcome everything that's in the way of you accomplishing the culture and environment that defines exactly what's important to you. So for sure, check us out. So most believe that the only way to attract the best employees in a hot job market is to offer the highest compensation packages and benefits packages. While these certainly can be important factors, I have found in my experience that not to be true. Over and over again, time and time again, employees have many things that motivate them. Everyone is pursuing the job you have open for different reasons, and what is important to them are many things, things that money cannot buy. Sometimes the companies offering the most money and the highest benefits packages are doing it because it's the only way they can replace the people they are losing. So why are there people leaving? And by the way, are they fiscally responsible company that can afford to do that for the long term? It's at least worth asking. Or maybe this person's personal circumstances require other benefits or flexibilities or opportunities that those companies don't offer. But mostly, people choose to work for and stay working for companies that feed them and their needs in other ways. And it's your job, your responsibility to know what those things are and know whether or not you can satisfy that need. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that all companies that pay high wages do not have good cultures. And I am also not suggesting that there aren't people who are very money motivated. So please don't misunderstand my message. But I am suggesting that it is definitely not the only thing that matters, usually ever. Now, there are many ways to create a company that has loyal, long-term retention and establishes a reputation as a great culture and workplace. There is not one right answer, but I will tell you 
that every single person makes choices based on how they feel or how they think they will feel when making that choice. When you understand that and get really good at identifying it, you will find the gold for your company. But retaining great employees and attracting the best quali qualified candidates is an important factor in our workplaces. The cost of retention versus the cost of turnover is enormous. The resources it takes, particularly if you are a smaller organization, can be devastatingly costly to your bottom line. Let's think about all of the process and expenses and time involved in hiring. Let's do the math. I encourage you to run these numbers for your organization, no matter what role you play in your company. Placing the ads for the openings, receiving and filtering through resumes, screening candidates, setting up the interviews, setting up second and third interviews, making offers, checking references, background checks and screenings. Then you have onboarding, setting up all new hire administrative requirements like the legal, the payroll, the social security, the taxes, setting up their benefit packages, all of that. Then there's the learning curve of their startup, the training, teaching them your systems, all your processes, and all of the settling into the routine that takes, takes the time. And then after three to six months or so, you will know if you made a good decision. And so will they. If you made a bad hiring decision in them, or if they determine they've made the wrong decision for themselves after a month or three months or six months or a year, you're back to square one and the time and expense of that all over again. And not to mention, what is the cost of what is not happening while you are in the hiring process and while they are in their learning curve? What is the cost of the person who is onboarding and then training them in terms of the jobs they were not able to do and accomplish instead? The list of costs and loss of time and resources to hire and terminate can go on and on. And we haven't even discussed how morale is affected while this is happening. What is the cost of your other employees watching the revolving door that's happening before them? Or seeing the leadership waver or change above them? While you may not easily be able to assign a number to that, I assure you there is one. It's just a matter of how much. I really want each of you to have a new perspective on this topic. When you hear the term investor, most think about people or companies who are financially invested in the organization. We think about Shark Tank and banks and others who invest their dollars for a return of dollars in an organization. There are legal contracts, requirements, and responsibilities involved in these arrangements. There's legal remedies when someone defaults in their obligations that can have severe impact on the organization and limit its ability to grow or meet goals or potentially even make payroll. On the other hand, the investors can be the main source of ability to accomplish all of those same things. And when the investor is happy with their return, typically they continue to invest more and more in order to continue the return of dollars. They're in it for a reason and it worked. They're getting what they wanted and they want more of it because it's smart, it makes sense, and they were wise in their decision to invest in the organization and the people who lead it. By all definitions of an investment, it was a success. Well, my philosophy is that anyone who gives any of their time, sweat, and energy to the organization is also an investor in the organization. While the obligations can vary, the definition and arrangement is very much the same. 
people are investing as employees just as much in your organization and in you as you believe you are in them. It's a mutual agreement that we're going into an arrangement where we each need each other and are trusting each other to live up to what we say we are going to do. While there's always a risk, as in any investment, in order for each party to maximize what they can accomplish, for maximum returns and success to continue to invest and grow more, each party living up to their obligations and abilities is how it will be accomplished. And just like the previous investor example, the more return on the investment the investor sees, the more they give. The more and more they give, who benefits from a group of employees who give more? You do. Your organization does. Your employees do. Your customers do. Your referrals do. Your reviews and testimonials do. Your financial investors do. And so on. Is there really a better investment that you can make that impacts this many points to help your bottom line? You might still be thinking that your culture is just fine. Things are working. No need to change anything. It's all good. And you might be right. That could be true for sure. You know better than I could from here. So I'll ask you this question as my only response. How much money are you leaving on the table? How much more money and success would your company see if each of the points above had a little bit more? It doesn't cost much to make these improvements, so why wouldn't you? I am extremely passionate about this topic, and here's why. Number one, I care about businesses, particularly small businesses that don't have the resources that larger ones do to create great places and the training to teach these concepts. Large companies tend to have big advantages already through their marketing dollars and human resource staffs to accomplish things that smaller companies do not. But even in the larger companies, the investment in, in creating great culture and developing people to be able to do it successfully is just not done. The second reason is because I love efficiency. I may be slightly obsessed with efficiencies, so turnover seems like such an illogical concept to me. It is a shame to me to waste anyone's time, theirs or yours, and it is a shame to me to waste money. And it's sad to me when a company isn't able to completely focus on what it does and offers as a company because it's spending so much time in the human resource hiring and firing mode. The third reason and most important for me is that I care about people. I truly want the best for them. Creating a hardworking, determined, and committed company filled with people who all want to do it while having fun is a mission I would love to accomplish for as many people as possible. We spend so much of our time doing our jobs and building our careers, so making that a true part of your life experience where you can learn, grow, and feel accomplished and fulfilled is great for the organization because it's great for the people within it who make up the organization. If you're a leader of your own business, the first step is to establish how the culture of your organization is to be defined. Defining those important factors is the first step toward creating the culture you wish to communicate to your employees and to those considering joining your organization. It all begins with the leadership of the organization. Now, as I've mentioned in the past, leaders can be leaders regardless of what position they hold in an organization. So ultimately, 
a leader has an opportunity to be a part of creating culture, even if you're not at the top of the organization. And if you are a leader within your organization or the owner, you not only have so much opportunity to create the culture you desire, it's a responsibility to the fiscal health of the company to do so. I've spent some time outlining my findings on leadership qualities and attributes, and those can be easily translated and simplified to establishing the basic attributes of what any organization can consider toward defining and establishing their culture. So let's discuss. And by the way, if you haven't heard it already, check out my previous podcast on leadership attributes because it's definitely a great segue to establishing the topic of culture and it will connect the dots much better for you. So I found that approachability as an attribute of a leader is the beginning of creating an environment that is welcoming and establishing trust for the organization. Welcoming and trusting are the beginnings of creating a great and attractive culture in your company. People want to work for a company they believe they can trust and is welcome to them. Their abilities, their lives, their future stability for themselves all need to be trusted and welcoming. Accepting. When our leaders are accepting of others' views, others' ways, and new ideas and approaches, the, other, the others in the organization respond by feeling more accepted and a sense of belonging in the organization. When employees know they can bring themselves, what they offer, and have a voice, the organization benefits. Often, the employees on the front line can see and have a perspective that others may not. So if they know they have a voice, there is usually much to gain. The benefits of the diverse and open environment raise the standards and quality of the highest and best ideas and skills to advance the organization for better positioning in the marketplace, regardless of your industry. Next is connection. When leaders make efforts to connect with their own employees and encourage their employees to connect with each other, the sense of belonging that is created offers you longevity and an investment in your organization. When employees connect with each other, they build understanding, compassion, and empathy with each other. When this exists, you create a culture where problems are more quickly, efficiently, and accurately resolved. There are fewer scenarios of finger pointing and blaming for problems, and there's improved morale overall within the whole team. Authenticity. Here's where the definition of your culture really begins to create its personality. What does the company stand for? And what does the company believe? The leaders consistently and authentically living that definition all the way down through every action, decision, and position it takes is key to the culture of the organization being viewed as authentic and true to what it claims. It can be whatever you want it to be. Your priorities, your value system, anything you find to be important, just carry it through consistently. Courageous. Courageous because we must be vulnerable to successfully accomplish all of them as a great leader. An organization that reflects a willingness to be incorrect, a willingness to live up to its claims, and to be open, approachable, welcoming, and accepting of all takes courage. And last, passionate. Passionate is the root of the culture. The what we are doing is in the authentic definition of what we stand for. The passion is the why we are doing it, the purpose, the dream, the mission. Where are we going and why? 
The passion of the organization is the blood of the organization. Without it, it's dead. If everyone understands the purpose and the passion, the blood makes the dream of the organization come to life. As I write this, it has become so evident that these attributes for creating a great culture are exactly what it takes to run anything. Your home, your organization, everything. As employees and as citizens, we can demand this of our organizations. We can run our own companies with this in mind, live it within our families, and raise our standards to demand more of our communities, our media, and those charged with leading corporations, our states, and our countries. Imagine if we could impact the expectations of the world with these same attribute expectations. But I digress. In what ways can we create a culture and paint the vision of what we want to create within our organizations and in our worlds? There are so many leaders and organizations that have invested in this to see the payoffs, what works and what impacts their bottom line best. I hope that this has helped you open your mind to new ideas and perspectives as to the value that creating a great culture can bring to you and your organization. As I mentioned at the beginning, our next class has a deep dive focus on what it takes to make it all happen. And I'd love to have you join us there to do it for you in your way. Everyone can benefit from even the smallest improvements. So I'd love to help you get started. I hope to see you next month. Come check us out. Thank you so much for listening today to one of my absolute favorite topics, and I will see you next time. Are you ready for more and to take your business to the next level? Visit us on strivecoachingstudio.com to sign up for more.